to Teachers Talk Film, episode number 17. I am Mitchell Main here with my great friend, teacher, Pete Ray, X-Ray. We're recording this one on the 4th of July. X-Ray, how are you doing today? Doing great. Celebrating our independence by uh, just really doing whatever I please, which is not, not a lot. I'm just, just hanging out, been doing some traveling, so... I feel like after a vacation, you need a vacation from the vacation. I'm tired, but uh, I'm, I'm doing good. How are you? Doing well. I, I kind of echo your sentiment, like going on a vacation. Like I think you and I were both naturally introverted young lads and it takes a lot out of us to step into the wild. Shout out Christopher McCandless. Um, but then when we come back, like we're drained, we just need six months to do absolutely nothing and then gear up for the next vacation, which lasts like three days and then repeat the cycle again. So we're in hibernation now. Um, where did you go? What did you do? Any remarkable stories? Uh, went to California, went to Yosemite National Park. Uh, I, I do have one quick story on the way there. I mentioned on the podcast before that I have a camper van. Um, it is not the most reliable of vehicles. It usually does all right, but it uh, it was not doing well in like the hundred degree heat driving up California mountain passes. Uh, so I had to kind of pull over to the side of the road, take it to a mechanic, and they were like, "You need new spark plugs, but uh, we're closed, so we're not going to do that for you." <laughs> and it was a Saturday, so it was like I was going to have to sit around and wait. And I was like, "You know what?" I'm a man. I'm an American. I can change these spark plugs on my own. And I was in this really weird California town. Uh, There were just just massive amounts of homeless people. Uh, (laughs) And they (laughs) this one guy was like asking me for mayonnaise as I was trying to change (laughs) spark plugs. It it was strange. It was strange. But you know what? I did it. and you gave uh, him mayonnaise like I, or you did the spark no <laughs> no, no i i had no mayonnaise for him uh i changed my spark plugs and i just i feel like an adult so yeah that that was it wasn't even the vacation it was that was the the crazy part okay i have a few questions about that all right um and i'm gonna just rapid fire them did you know how to do that already? Or did you have to like go to YouTube university and look up a few videos? So as they were like looking at it, we were, we were kind of looking up like what it could be. And I was like, pretty sure it's going to be my fuel pump. So I was watching YouTube videos about how to change my fuel pump. And then he came out and he was like, it's your spark plugs. And I was like, Oh, wish I would have been watching videos of how to do that. (laughs) Um, I I literally just asked the guy, I was like, can you come show me what to do? And this, this guy shout out Kenny from Midas in California. (laughs) He, he like walked me through the whole thing and showed me how to do it. Um, so that I had the confidence to do it on my own. Um, so yeah, that was, that was very nice. And how long did it take you? Like, what is the procedure? Are you getting like down and dirty? Like, did you look like you had just done some serious work afterwards? Dude, my, from my fingertips, probably up to my elbows were just black, black and grease and dirt. 
it, my, the engine of my van is just disgusting. <laughs> it's covered in dirt. It, yeah, I was I was covered, and it was like again over a hundred degrees. I was I was sweaty and hot, and it was it was not fun, man. It was not fun. Honestly, it sounds kind of tight though. Like I bet you feel super accomplished now. Well, and then yesterday I changed the spark plugs in my other car just for fun because I know how to do it. So, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, uh, it was it was a terrible experience, but it was also uh, I'm appreciative of it. It was good. And were you by yourself when all this happened? I was with my uh, cousin from Ohio, and okay. she uh, she lended a helping hand, which was nice. And final question here. What was the, what was like the demeanor? Like, were you like super irate and mad? Were you just like calm? Like, were you frustrated, which like led to disbelief? Like what is your attitude while you're fixing the spark plugs? It's probably more before like car troubles just stress me out beyond belief because I feel like I'm powerless. There's nothing I can do. I'm going to stop in the middle of the road and be rear-ended by a semi. Like that's my greatest fear. So that I was like, I was not in a good place. But once once he told me what I needed to do, then it was just like, I think the adrenaline kicked in and I was just hyper-focused and just, uh, yeah, trying to get that done. So I felt fine after that. Sweet. Shout out Kenny. That's awesome. Dude, shout out Kenny. He's. <laughs> but why couldn't Kenny just kind of do it like on the side and you just pay him cash under the table? That's what I'm wondering. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. I mentioned the mayonnaise man, correct? Correct. He, <laughs> he, he was at the parts store. So I was just like, I was at the parts store and I bought my spark plugs and whatever. And then I was just like, I'm going to change them right here at the parts store mayonnaise man comes and talks to me and i'm like okay never mind i'm leaving and i just went back to the like mechanic shop and i was working there for like probably 45 minutes and out from the corner like a freaking movie comes kenny (laughs) he he was there like working on some other car like i think it was like his dad's car or something so he he like kind of helped me through the rest of them uh So, yeah, I mean, just like one of the best people in the world. Shout out, Kenny. Shout out, Kenny. Um, What did you say to the homeless guy when he asked for mayonnaise? Did you just flat out say, I don't have any? Or (laughs) how do you approach that? (laughs) Uh, My my grandpa used to drive uh, semis Uh back in the day. Um, And he would like have to drive them through like downtown Cleveland. And then he would have to unload them and there'd be homeless people there all the time. And he said that he learned anytime anybody asks you for anything, you don't want to talk to them. You just say, I got nothing for you, man. And that was the first thing that came to my head. He asked, I just said, I got nothing for you, man. And then he walked away and I was like, thank you, grandpa. Cause yeah, I probably would have been like, no, but I could probably buy you some. Like, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Did you proceed to then walk down to the city market, buy him some mayonnaise, buy him a loaf of bread, fix him up a sandwich? <laughs> no, I, I looked at my cousin. And I said, uh, we're not doing this here. No, yeah. <laughs> I got nothing for you, man. That's, that's yeah, so, great advice, honestly. Yeah, that was that was crazy. 
Yeah. I'm like you though. Whenever any like adversity with car trouble comes in my life, like I just immediately hit the panic button and freak out. Yeah. So I'm, so I'm impressed. Shout out to you. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty proud. Pretty proud. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, while you were gone, you probably didn't have access to Netflix or any streaming sites, um, but you did inform me before we hit record that you have seen the second volume of season four for Stranger Things. Um, I think we're going to talk a little bit. I don't think I know we're going to talk about Stranger Things for a bit in this episode, Um we're going to have some spoiler talk. So um, if you don't want to hear these spoilers, you can skip ahead. Um, I'll put a little note in where you can skip ahead to. Hey, we love you. If you don't want to hear these Stranger Things spoilers, skip ahead to 17 minutes, 48 seconds. Um, but right now we are getting into spoiler filled Stranger Things volume two review. Um, really brief before we get into our feature film, which is it. Um, but X-Ray, tell me what you thought about the volume two release, Stranger Things. I I really like how they released it. Like that was the whole volume one, volume two thing. And the fact that volume two was like, we're going to give you a little precursor, little like hour long episode. And then we're just going to give you a full length movie episode mm-hmm. uh i feel like more shows or just properties should take advantage of that that like you don't need to make something 22 minutes because you don't have commercials and you're not on a tv schedule like when you're streaming i feel like uh not many shows do that take advantage of that make it however long you want to if your episode only needs to be 15 minutes make it 15 minutes if it needs to be two and a half hours like and it was just perfect that they, how they built up to it. Um, volume one was the best, like the best that they've been um, mm-hmm. probably since season one and maybe even better than season one. So it, it also made sense for them to have the movie because they had like all these storylines meeting in this giant climax. It was just awesome writing. And I thought they wrapped it up pretty well. I think it's, I Thought it was going to be hard, and I would say, I don't know if I liked Volume 2 as much as Volume 1, but, man, just Season 4, awesome, amazing, fantastic. Um, Yeah, I'm interested in what you have to say, because you're the reason why I watched it. Like, I was like, "Ah, I'm not really into it anymore, and then I watched it, so thank you. But, yeah, you're the, uh, I feel like you're the expert here. And I would toss that expert tag onto my wife, surprisingly. Like, she's the biggest Stranger Things fan I know. Um, but I liked the end. i going to get into some spoiler talk. I thought it was predictable that Max was going to end up the way she did. Um, it's kind of left in the balance now. Like, is she going to be normal in season five or is she going to be like, still in the hospital like in a coma state or just blind forever it'll that'll be interesting um i think we all knew one of the like side characters was going to die as well because we had seen that in seasons before like with bob um and alexi in season three um eddie's death was sad 
Eddie's death was sad. Um, yeah. But he didn't run away. He didn't run away this time. And then Dustin, that, that Dustin, I can't remember the actor name, but he's a really just solid, solid actor. Um, uh, Gatton Matarazzo. Yeah, awesome yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was great. Um, but I liked it. I do think like, I don't know if they needed episode six. I feel like you could have just done volume two, episode seven, just the full length movie release. Because it was kind of just like another buffer into what really needed to happen, which was the showdown with Eleven and Vecna. I think we all predicted that as well, right? Like we knew Eleven was going to come in. Um, But no, I liked it. I think it's going to be an eventful uh, season five. Season five is the final season. Um, If you go on like Twitter or TikTok or anything, really, like every other post is Stranger Things related. and I had a theory before I'd seen any of these posts. Um, but do you have any guesses of like what season five is going to look like, what you think will happen, et cetera? So, yeah, I've been I've been seeing uh, just today, even like a ton of those videos that the algorithm has has figured me out. Um, <laughs> I, I just I just watched one video that was talking about like they're going to do a lot more with like the upside down in that world. Uh, and I think that that'll be cool to kind of figure out like why it's like, cause yeah, I guess we really don't know why it's there. We just know that it's there. Um, so yeah, I think that that'll be cool to kind of figure out what's, what's going on like behind all that. Like, I, I think that'll be cool. Yeah. I saw some other theories, but I, I think that would be cool if season five focused more on the upside down and less on the, real real world Mm -hmm. yeah i think um a lot of it is going to connect back to will uh will buy yeah that that seems really cool too that they're hinting at that in the towards the end of the episode yeah because like the whole series started with will being captured and sent to the upside down and like we don't really know what it is we just know it's this weird like almost like a multiverse kind of. Um, And then I think with the finale of the whole show, it's going to end with Will as one of the focal points, especially because, well, for two things. One, he wasn't a huge focal point in this season. Like he didn't get a lot of screen time. Um, But then obviously at the end of episode seven, like we see like the chills on his neck and like he speaks with some serious conviction when he's talking about like Vecna and he says, I can feel him. He's here, blah, 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 blah. I feel like him and 11 are going to be like the two main characters, like trying to really go in and um, destroy him because I feel like 11 will have the power, obviously like physically to defeat him and mentally um, but Will's going to have the knowledge on how to do that because he was stuck in the upside down for so long. I do think Eleven's going to die, um, but I think Vecna will die as well. Um, but yeah, I think Will will be like the ordinary kid out of the group who is like given the most shine in season five. Of course, Eleven as well. I think uh, along with that, I think, talking about Max, like, I think that she may also have something to do with that. Like, um, 
and I would guess like maybe she doesn't wake up right away at the beginning of the season, but maybe towards the end. And like, she also has this special connection to Vecna because he like overtook her like halfway. So maybe she has some like weird knowledge that Will does too, because yeah, they've, they've experienced it. So yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. It'll be very, very interesting. I'm pumped for it. Maybe Max will be like a, james earl jones in the sandlot just blind and like sitting in her room all the time and like whenever the gang needs info on vecna they have to like go to max once or t- once or twice a week to talk upside down and then just get the information from her and then move on um but yeah i'm curious about what's gonna happen with max how her character will be portrayed etc saying that a lot today, the, the second yeah the second she went blind like all i could think about was like every mythological story when somebody's blind they then have like some un unheard of un unable to attain knowledge so yeah i feel like she's probably got some of that which would be which would be cool maybe she'll just turn into daredevil too though (laughs) (laughs) the crossover we're all expecting yeah that'd be sweet um is it fair to say that Stranger Things is like a horror TV series? No doubt. No doubt. Okay. My next question, you're not a fan of horror movies. You mentioned that you like Stranger Things. You're kind of like my wife in this boat. Love Stranger Things, but can't stand horror movies. Um you fall into that field as well. You're not a big fan of horror movies. We watched it this week. That was indeed a horror film inspired by Stephen King's novel. But, but why all the horror slander? What What is your thought process there? It's not that I'm not a fan of horror movies. It's that I think as a whole, horror movies aren't great. Uh, there's a lot of bad ones, I guess. Like, like Silence of the Lambs, one of the best movies ever made. That's a horror movie. Um I'm trying to think of other ones. I don't know. I, I just feel like there's so many of them that are cash grabs to 13-year-olds that they're just not good. Jordan Peele movies, Get Out, um, or Us. Like, Us is awesome. Um, so, yeah, I just, I don't know. I feel like most of the time uh, they, like, rely on jump scares and not, like, scaring you psychologically so if it's like a psychological thriller horror movie i'm in but yeah like i don't know i I just don't uh i i don't i don't like scary movies they don't they either don't scare me or they do but it's like cheap jump scares and that's i'm just not about that and that's where like going back to stranger things there's so many psychological things going on where it's like people's minds being connected in this weird world it's not it's not relying on like ooh scary monster which there are scary monsters but there's a lot more beneath it so yeah that's i don't know that's how i feel that's fair i think we mentioned like the idea of social commentary a lot with our reviews and i think a lot of horror movies don't really have a lot to say in terms of like a social commentary like they are just kind of the jump scares and things like that I was gonna bring up Jordan Peele actually and say like he's kind of like this new age director who is kind of 
breaking those boundaries and like creating social commentaries on like race and identity and things like that through his films. Um, I'm really excited for Nope to come out later this month. We'll have to talk about that one for sure on here. Um, But yeah, there's a, there's another layer to those. It's more psychological, like you said, um, rather than just having um, a little girl dressed up like a doll pop out at you while you're in the bathroom or whatever i get it yeah and it's like like i remember the first conjuring movie i watched like that was freaky and that was good that was well made um i've seen like some of the other ones and i just think they're lame um i remember going to watch paranormal activity three in theaters when i was in high school like that movie was freaky that was good um so, yeah, I don't know. I think maybe my tastes have just changed. So I've like ruled them out. Um, but yeah, I, I will share some thoughts about this movie today that will, <laughs> yeah, probably, probably, uh, I don't know, get a deeper look into my thoughts. Love it. Well, let's get into it. I'm excited to hear. It. Um, we're talking about it this week. Uh, the synopsis reads. In the summer of 1989, a group of bullied kids band together to destroy a shape-shifting monster which disguises itself as a clown and preys on the children of Derry, their small main town. This is a um, film adapted from Stephen King's novel. Um, We mentioned Stranger Things earlier. I think we're going to have a lot of parallels connecting this film to Stranger Things. Um, But Mr. Ray, you already said you had some things you wanted to kind of dive into a little deeper. Let's let's start it there. Where do you want to take us? Uh, I did not like this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Right out the gate. That's harsh. Uh, uh, This is your first time watching it, right? Yeah, first time watching it. I think this may have been, I've mentioned this before, that I do this all the time. They, they mention they're going to make a movie, so I read the book. So mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, the book is probably good. Um, so then I read the book, and then I don't want to watch the movie because I'm afraid that the movie's going to like change how I thought about the book. So yeah, I just that's exactly what I did, and I didn't watch the movie. Didn't watch either of them. Um, so yeah, you read the uh, whole was, it book though. Yeah, yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, it, yeah, it was. It was almost as impressive as changing spark plugs, but <laughs> you know. Um, and yeah, oh. may, I'll 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 talk about the book probably a little bit. Um, I guess what I want to start with is that I thought that this movie looked bad. Mm. Um, there were. I will say there were parts towards the end where like the CGI looked pretty good. Mm. Um, and I thought Pennywise as a whole looked pretty good, um, especially towards the end. But a lot of the scenes in the beginning, I thought just looked terrible uh, and not even CGI, just like lighting in general. Like when they're outside in the Barrens, the, the lighting, it just looks, it looks weird. It looks unmovie like I don't know it it's just there's something off about it that yeah I just do not enjoy there's also like some CGI uh like the boat in the water look terrible to me and like that's the way you're starting the movie I think that that has to look good you could just tell that it was really fake 
Um, another scene that stuck out was the rock war. <laughs> like the, it was like, I don't know. It was weirdly zoomed in on, on like the good guys. And then it, it looks like they wanted you to know that they were in front of a green screen or something. I don't know. It, it just looked really, really bad. And I noticed it. And for a horror movie that like, that's gotta be a big thing, what it looks like. I thought that there were a lot of parts that just didn't live up to it for me. Wow. I think <laughs> it, it took us 17 episodes, really 19. Once you count the two bonus ones that are out. <laughs> Um, to have some actual disagreement here. I like this um, because I, I liked the lighting, especially in the, the barren scenes. Um, no way. Yeah, I thought it looked good. I wow. thought like it's like you said, it's not like movie like like it definitely feels just more like like it felt natural. Like I feel like the way the lighting was on them is like the way the sun would be glistening on them during a hot summer day um i i liked it and then to contrast with them walking into the well house and then down into where pennywise lives like i think the shifts in lighting is done effectively i think i don't think it's remarkable by any means i think this movie does a lot of things like solidly i think i mentioned that in my review like this movie does all of the things just very averagely for me. Um, but the lighting was something that did stick out. I thought it was effective. Um, I will say, though, the rock scene was just absolutely terrible. Um, so bad. I don't think it was the lighting and like the way they were zoomed in on the good guys, quote unquote. I think it was the way they were throwing those things <laughs> <laughs> like they, these kids have never picked up a baseball in their life. Um, but that's interesting that you say that. Yeah, yeah. Well, to talk about the Roxy a little bit too, they're so close to each other. It's like, um, it's kind of like Obi-Wan Kenobi, like the series, like all those fights, they're like so close to each other. It's it looks weird. Yeah, they're they're like, I don't know, 10 feet from each other. And um, yeah, so yeah, that that looked weird. Um one other thing about the looks, and I feel like this kind of goes into lighting, so we'll see what you think about this. I didn't, I, we talked during Licorice Pizza about, like, we like movies in California in the 70s, mm -hmm. um, and I feel like a big part of that is because of how they look. I didn't feel like this movie looked like it took place in, like, the 80s or in the past. Like, the costumes do, the cars do. But like the film grain or just like the general look when you're looking at the screen, it, it just looked too new to me. So that that was a big thing, especially we could talk about Stranger Things, where I feel like that just looks like it's older. I definitely feel like it does. Like, I think the costume design as well, the cars are solid. Um, there's not a whole lot of like good soundtrack that really brings me into the 1989 view um but i don't really see a distinction between it looking more 80s than the stranger things like in comparison to like just the cinematography i would say i, I don't know i think they both do it well i think stranger things is definitely the superior property um I will say that I do think Stranger Things and the Duffer Brothers took 
a lot of notes from the Stephen King playbook and put it into their property, their world, because there are so many parallels. Like you talk about Hawkins versus Derry, um, the loser crew versus the hellfire crew, like the troubled girl in Max and the troubled girl in Beverly, the Vecna to the Pennywise, the upside down to Pennywise's world. Like I could go on for days. Um, but no, I feel like they both. And I don't know, is that part of them being relatively new? Like stranger things is a new TV show. And then it 2017, like, I don't think it necessarily has to like have like a grainy film texture per se, but I think, I mean, it's pleasant for me at least. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like when I watch stranger things or when I watch licorice pizza or once upon a time in Hollywood, like it's crisp. I know it's new. It's, it's, it's 1080p 4k, whatever, but I don't know. Just the feeling I get when I'm looking at, this movie does not, I just don't get the same feeling when I'm looking at those other things that I mentioned. That's fair. I'm not going to knock your opinion, even though you might be wrong. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I will say though, like one film that makes me feel like I'm really in the era based on like the lenses and things like that. uh, Mid nineties. Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like that did a really good job of like with the fisheye lens and like really throwing you in, that 90s era um yeah and i think a lot of films could benefit from doing that more i feel like this film could do that as well um but yeah i don't know it wasn't a deal breaker for me i would say yeah yeah um why don't you hit a big one for you because i feel like that was my thing very negative so (laughs) yeah i kind of want to just hear your score but i'm gonna wait um (laughs) Can we talk about uh, what's his name? Oh, gosh, Mike from Stranger Things, Richie and Wolfhard. Yeah, yeah, he, his name's Richie in this movie. Just the arguably the most annoying character in any film that I've ever seen. I am so glad you brought this up because <laughs> when I read the book, he was my favorite character. Oh, he yeah in the book. He's like, he, he does like the voices in the movie where he's like the captain or whatever. He does that in the book, like all the time. Um, and like the voices are funny and he's funny. And, and yeah, they made him suck in the movie. He's so annoying. And I was like, is this the same guy that I liked in the book? Because I loved him in the book. And yeah, I, I despised him, despised him in this movie. He stinks. There's there are points in the movie where I'm like, why, why are they even with this guy? Like, why don't they throw a rock at him? Like <laughs> he should be on the other side and like, they should be just chucking boulders at him. He is so annoying. He has like maybe one line that is relatively funny. Um, he says many, many stupid lines. One in the beginning, um, when they're on summer break, um, like just just the most stupid cliches ever. One being uh, they're like on summer break and like they're talking about how excited they are to be on break. They're like, it's the best feeling ever. Do you remember what he says? It's probably 
something about somebody's mom or one of his body parts because that's like yeah. what every single one of his lines is about yeah. it's about one of his body parts um try tickling your pickle it feels awesome something like that <laughs> just yeah, like the lame. stupidest things ever yeah terrible writing maybe that's not him but they gave all the terrible lines to this character so i hate him for it straight up i and that's i've that was another kind of big gripe i had with just like the characters in general. And I don't want to be the stereotypical, the book is better than the movie. Um, but the the book just gives you more time to like get to know them. And I feel like this, it was just rushed. So the characters get deduced to like not real people or not real kids. So I feel like, yeah, they had to cram all those lines in there for Richie to show that he's like supposed to be this funny guy, but yeah, it just makes him really annoying. And I feel like that's kind of across the board with most of the characters in the movie is yeah. They just don't, they don't really get all that fleshed out as much as I like them to, but I have a way to fix it. We can talk about that later. Is it just not make the movie at all? Is that the way? No, 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 no. Let me hear. I'm curious. Okay, I mentioned when we talked Stranger Things, like I loved how they released it. This, there, there's no way you could turn a 1,200-page book into even two movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked up the runtime on the second one. It's two hours and like 50 minutes or something. 50 like, or 15? 50. Oh, like wow. it's a three-hour movie. Yeah, I, I'm not, it's not happening. But it would be so awesome because it's really it is based around like all these kids having their, those interactions with the clown themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all like by themselves. How awesome would it be if they just did a mini series and like you take, how many kids are there? Six or seven, six. Something like that. The, the first six episodes, I don't know how long they need to be. Maybe 30 minutes, maybe 45, maybe one's 15. Um, and it's just like each one is that experience with Pennywise. Um, like fleshed out we get to meet the characters we get to like actually know some things about them then after those episodes we get like the longer you could have an hour and a half long episode or a two hour long episode where it is like them like teaming together and doing all these things because i just felt like man we're jumping to all these different points and then we we are coming together but it just it felt long and rushed at the same time which my least one of my least favorite things when a movie feels long and this one did to me yeah because there's the sequence like i don't i think it's like right at the midpoint actually where it's like they all individually begin to have their own unique encounter with pennywise and like those moments they seem long in the film because like they almost seem kind of unnecessary like if they those were to be fleshed out more in its like own series, like that would be really cool. Like one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie is when Beverly is in the sink or in the bathroom. And Amazing. Yeah, she takes the tape measure down the sink drain and then pulls it up, and then all like this like connection to Stranger Things. It's like a mind flare looking creature um, starts to take her and like choke her and like just blood starts spewing all over the bathroom and like the lighting is just red. Like, I think that was the best scene, like cinematography wise. Um, And then her dad walks in and can't see anything. Like, I feel like that, like 
that alone, like in like her story could have been fleshed out into like a 30 minute episode. Um, I thought Eddie's was incredibly stupid, like where Pennywise is calling him from the well house and then he happens to spill all of his prescription pills and then the zombie comes up to him and then I don't think the zombies looked too great. Um, kind of reminded me of Dr. Strange multiverse of madness. Um, but like that was stupid, but they could have fleshed that out and made it a better series episode. And then obviously we have um, Billy trying to find Richie and then we see his encounter with Pennywise. And I believe it's like a basement of some sort. I can't remember. Um, but that's interesting that you mentioned that because I was going to ask you this question, like, I think we both can agree Stranger Things is by far better than this movie. Um, And I think one of the reasons is because like we see like more tensions with characters, like it's more complex, like we're rooting for more characters than others. Like I'm not really rooting for anybody in it, um, but like in Stranger Things I am. And my question to you is, do you think that's because that, Stranger Things is a series like it's had the ability to like convey this longevity that this movie it is not able to and like do you think like you kind of already answered it but like do stories like this it do they best fit the series platform and is that why Stranger Things isn't a movie or two like I don't know that's an interesting thought that you bring up. Yeah, because I don't think it's as simple as like any long movie needs to be turned into a miniseries or a, a right. television show. Like uh, I'm looking at the Dark Knight poster above me right now. Like if that was a miniseries, it would stink. It would feel long and like, but as a movie, it's just like perfectly timed and everything fits and it works. So yeah, with with Stranger Things specifically, it's like we've gotten to watch like these kids like literally grow up um and change and like become the people that they are like that's cool to watch um that's what you want to see with your characters is them like grow and yeah with this movie it's you two hours and 15 minutes and we don't see them grow we just see them like defeat the bad guy and not really even defeat him but like do they really grow all that much we don't uh, we don't know because we don't have time to like see it happen um so yeah, that I I guess that's why I think it should be yeah uh, a series is we get we get that time we get more time with the characters uh, and I think that's why people probably get more attached to TV shows in general is yeah you spend you spend a ton of time with these people instead of two hours. Yeah, I feel that. Would you watch this movie if it was a series? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was thinking about this as I watched it. Like, are you a guy that prefers movies over series or series over movies? That's tough, man. Because I mean, like, obviously, you know, I'm insane with movies and like rank them and do all that stuff with them. But mm-hmm. like, when I've watched like the Sopranos or I've watched like Mad Men's one of my favorite TV shows, like 
it's stranger things. I just did it. Like, I, man, I get into them, into them, into them. And I can't stop watching them. And the only reason I stop watching them is because I'm not watching enough movies. So yeah, I don't, it's tough. I, I'd like, I'd say I like them both a, a ton and I like them that they, they do different things. Um, what about you? How do you feel about that? Movies easily. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I'm, I'm addicted as well. Like you, like, ranking them and writing reviews for them and obviously we talk about movies every week um we tweet about movies at teacher film talk um (laughs) but my thing with movies is like there are movies that can convey like that emotional tension that stranger things does in four seasons that movies can do in two two and a half hours I think there's more like skill involved with writing when it comes to that, because like with every series, like there is like innately like a few bad episodes or a bad season. I think of Breaking Bad and like the episode where like Walter White is just in the meth lab trying to capture a fly for 45 minutes, just like just terrible. Um, But like with movies, like their leaves when they're done, right? Like, Every scene matters. Every plot point matters. Um, I also like them because I'm able to just sit down with it for two hours. When it's done, it's done. Um, I can sometimes have commitment issues with TV shows. Um, I like I have to really get invested. Um, Stranger Things was one that I was invested in. But yeah, they're hard to come by for me. But so I'd prefer a movie. It's almost like this just popped into my head like with teaching, um, like you have a week of class, like you're going to have some, like, I don't know, maybe Thursday, like class just stinks. But on like Tuesday, you might have just like a perfect, perfect 45 minutes. Like, and that that's like a movie, like it's just like perfectly timed and set and ready to go. Um, but yeah, then like the series, it opens you up to having those those down days those down episodes those down like seasons yeah right yeah and i'm all about the highs i don't want to deal with the lows i just i love the highs so movies give that to me and generally i gravitate to watch movies that i think are going to be good so that's i here's a question because i get mad at myself for this sometimes i'm like dude you need to watch some bad movies because i i do the same thing i like only (laughs) I think I'll like this movie, so I'll probably watch it. Or a lot of people like this movie, so I watch it. So, yeah, do you, how do you feel about that? Should we watch more bad movies? Probably. Hmm. Maybe I'll change my pick for this week. No, don't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Maybe we'll have like a little like mini series where we just talk about bad, bad, bad movies. Um, Yeah. But we're trying to gain a following, not lose a following. So I don't know. Um, back to it, however, we kind of got on a tangent there, but that's okay. But I think that's part of it. Like, yeah, because like this, this is a story adapted from a book. Books over a thousand pages. Can you really nail down everything and grab the emotional like environment that the book does, and then equate it into film into films? It's probably pretty challenging, and I think the the films speak for that i don't think there's a whole lot of emotional investment for me as the viewer um 
shallow question, not talking about emotions. Little kids cussing in films excessively. Annoying. I like it. I don't care. What is your thought? Because they were like shooting out F-bombs every other word in here for a minute. And I was just getting sick of it. Like, I know kids have potty mouths, but like, is it this bad? Am I just oblivious? Uh, that's yeah, that's a big don't care for me. Um, and if anything, I think it's probably I kind of like it because I feel like that's how it is. Um, yeah, this maybe kind of went overboard a little bit, but yeah, that it didn't bother me. Is there a lot of cursing in the book? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, from what I remember, there is there's also a lot more like inappropriate things. Yeah. yeah, because like they touch on um Beverly, like she clearly has like she's been like sexually abused by her father. And like that's a huge part of her like development and things like that. And like maybe like there's a lot of deep rooted issues that I feel like, again, a film or a series could develop that more. But it's kind of just hinted at. Yeah. Do you remember like does the book dive into that more? Or is there anything like that? I don't remember that specifically, um, but yeah, I'm, I, I don't know. I'm also one of those people, I think I've said this before, that I'll read a book and then like a week later, I forget everything. I just right. remember like how I felt when I read it. And I like, I was legitimately scared when I read the book. I remember like having dreams about like Pennywise, like standing outside my window with a balloon um, as I was reading it. So yeah, I, but yeah, it's not, I don't specifically remember what was talked about there gotcha you mentioned pennywise um i thought that was one of the highlights of this movie pennywise um its character and just the kind of i don't know like it's kind of like charismatic in areas but also like incredibly creepy like in the first scene where um georgie meets Pennywise in the sewer like Georgie is laughing with him and things like that and then obviously he gets his arm bit off and then taken into the sewer and it's just tragic um I liked Pennywise and I liked the way that he is placed on screen I think that was one thing that I really liked cinematically about this movie um oftentimes we see like Pennywise in the background and we just see like the 10 head that he has, um, not a forehead. It's a 10 head receding hairline, like crazy. Um, and he's always like, he has his eyes like glancing upward and he looks incredibly creepy. And with everything that he does, he takes his time. Um, and when the only times he is rushing, he's like, shifting left and right really 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 fast and he like just looks creepy like i feel like they they definitely for lack of a better term killed it when creating his character no i agree with you i I mentioned that i thought the movie looked bad but that pennywise is out of that conversation because i thought he looked really good um another spot i thought it looked really well uh was like the basement scene with bill uh, where it's like flooded and he just like pops out from under all the nasty water and then he like quickly comes over to the stairs like yeah he just looks freaky 
uh, he also looks kind of freaky too during the that scene where they're looking at the slides, the pictures. Yeah, and I wanted to talk that, about that. That was a great scene too. You mentioned like timing because it's like slow, like it's clicking through those pictures, but they can't stop it. And yeah, that was that was an awesome scene as well. Yeah, and that's one of those jump scares that I think works in this because like he quite literally jumps out of the screen and they all begin to freak out. And I think he's like 10 times his normal size in that scene. Like he takes up the whole garage space. Yeah. He's huge. Yeah. That was cool. I, I, yeah, I think they killed it with him. Um, I liked the transformation too, where um, Billy shoots Georgie in the end and he knows it's Pennywise and then, Pennywise shape shifts into his clown form through Georgie's body. Like that was cool. Kind of reminded me of Stranger Things a little bit, like with the body like distortion and things like that. Um, yeah. And then again, Stranger Things parallel. When Beverly is like captured by Pennywise, she begins to float up like Vecna does with his victims. Like so many parallels. Even the the, the whole like living in the house thing like that was a huge thing with this season of stranger things was the house um and that's like where yeah like we know that the the well is in the house and the house looks creepy and yeah all that definitely connects um you mentioned like that floating scene i thought that just down there like all the people floating as well all his victims and like that spiral that yeah, looked that cool. awesome that looked really cool yeah and so when they got like when they quote unquote defeated Pennywise because it's hinted that he's going to come back. And obviously he does like the people start to fall down. Like they mentioned, like the people are coming down. Like, are they, do they get saved? Like that felt unclear. I, maybe I missed it. I was eating pizza at the time. <laughs> do you know what happened to those people? Well, they're all, yeah, they're all still dead. They're just, yeah. I, they just stopped floating, I guess. So a okay. giant pile of bodies is now on, <laughs> on the ground. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I was, I was like, I don't think I missed anything. Like I'm pretty sure they're still dead, but yeah, they were just coming down. So maybe it's just signifying that they're kind of like out of restraint from Pennywise and like things like that, even though they are obviously still dead. Um, tragically. Yeah. Um, the red balloon is a, key symbol in this movie um you see it i think my brother was dressed up as georgie for halloween one year and he wore the yellow raincoat and carried a red balloon around um englishy question for you english mm. teacher question we talk a lot about symbols in here in this podcast um is it just a red balloon why isn't it a rubber duck what what is the symbolism behind it what does it mean is there any at all what do you think i don't know i did i haven't really thought about this i don't even know if i thought about it right and i read the, the book even but um just thinking kind of off the top i've i've mentioned that bikes represent like childhood on right. here before uh, i like that they're riding bikes around in this too i knew you're gonna mention uh that. But I feel like balloons are, 
Well, I guess maybe like they represent the circus even. I'm thinking now. I don't know. I'm all over the place in my brain. But, but yeah, I feel like balloons represent like joy and yeah, like you see in my birthday parties and celebrations and things. Uh which obviously gets turned on its head here. I also like that it's just like kind of free floating that scene in the library when Ben is like looking back and the balloon is just floating down the middle of the aisle. Like that's freaky. That's weird. So yeah. What, what did you think? Symbolization wise, symbolism wise. Symbolization. What a word. That should be a word. Determination. <laughs> Nationalization. Um, have you heard the song? Let the drummer kick. Citizen coat, baby. Yeah. Yes, I have. Yeah, he just rhymes big words the whole time. But they all end in shun. That's, yeah. that's not even <laughs> rhyming, is it? <laughs> Relation. Elation. Yeah. Identification. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. My Identification. <laughs> Retaliation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is on, you know this song. This is on your favorites playlist. Dude, I used to listen to that in middle school and high school like all the time. It's it's like a it's a pretty chill song, but yeah, there's not a lot of substance. <laughs> it tries. It tries to be full of substance, but it's not. <laughs> Do you know what movie that's from or one that that movie's from? Uh, if I, I if I don't like hear it in the movie first, then I'm not going to know it. But man, that's going to bug me. What movie? It's from, um, well, it, I'm sure it's in many movies, but the one I'm thinking of is Accepted. Never seen it. You've never seen Accepted? Are you serious? I'm serious. Wow. You're missing out. It's a good comedy. <laughs> good comedy. Um, right. It has fat Jonah Hill in it. It's good. Oh, I've, I think I've seen the movie poster for it. Yeah. Never seen it, though. Gotcha. Back to the red balloon. Um, <laughs> I think it represents just primarily like, and this is, this sounds deeper than it actually is. Um, and I don't want to sound like for lack of a better term, like just arrogant, it sounds deeper than it is, but like the fragility of youth, because like, when you think about like a balloon, like kids love balloons, but they're very like short living and like they're very easy to pop and like you can be physically not physically but like you are gravitating towards balloons as a kid like you remember going to the circus and seeing balloons and you're like oh I want to throw this ring over this pole to win this red balloon and like that's all you want but then by the end of the night it's gone because it's popped or something like that and so I think it's just like revealing like the the fragility of youth, how easily they can be destroyed or crumbled um, or lured into temptations, which obviously we see Pennywise doing on multiple occasions. I like that. That was deep. That was nice. That was nice. And I, um, I heard something before, and I wish I researched more, but the Red Balloon is actually um, derived from a French film um, called The Red Balloon. Um, it's called Le Balloon Rouge. I, I'm not saying that right. Um, Very nice. Yeah, but it's about like this kid with a red balloon and it's about like depression and things like that, I believe. Um, it might be on the Criterion channel. Um, so I might have to check that out. But I do believe 
the red balloon from that French film was the inspiration for the red balloon in it. So, yeah. For some reason, I thought you were going to say the same red balloon. Like they used, they, <laughs> they, they kept it in a chamber for hundreds of years to use just for this movie. Yeah. Well, that would totally contradict everything I said about balloons being um, <laughs> short-lived. <Pressure. laughs> yeah, because <laughs> this was a 1956 French film. Um, okay. yeah, and this was a 2017 movie. Um, yeah, yeah. What else? What else? I wanted to talk about poor little uh, Ben, but do you have anything else? I think that's my main points. I mean, like I said, I didn't like this, so I don't feel like I have much, <laughs> too much to say, but I, I would love to talk about Ben. Ben, poor Ben, dude. Um, like, he is the brunt of everything. Like, Henry, like, when he goes to carve his name in his belly, like, just what a guy like terrible terrible guy um i don't think bully culture is that prominent in our world today versus how it's depicted in 80s movies um and then even at the end like he has this huge like true love for beverly um but at the end of the day the fat kid can never win is that what this that's that's what i learned from this movie the fat kid can never win and i was that fat kid so i feel sympathy for ben poor ben dude um i feel like in the i'm trying to think that in later on ben and beverly like get together in the he book kisses her to save her life pretty much yeah that's true like without hesitation that was bold i do respect that yeah, good for him. Good for him. That was his win. Maybe he can hang his hat on that fact. But then at the end, Beverly goes and kisses Billy. Yeah. I mean, you know it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, they do. They do get together, though, in the book. And probably in the second movie. Ben and Beverly do. Well, that's reassuring. That makes me happy. Yeah, so... There's hope. There's hope. Did he have to lose any LBs or did she love him for him and all of his maps? <laughs> I'm pretty sure in the, in the at least I'm sure, pretty sure the second movie he the, he looks uh, not not the same. Let's let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so my theory: the fat kid never wins. <laughs> yeah, we've uh, yeah, I think so. That's what the movie's telling us, anyways. It's a shame. Yeah. There's automatically that's the biggest thing I got. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of themes, we get into closing connections as we reach the end of our reviews here. We try to connect films back to the world of teaching. It might be a challenge, but I'm gonna bring that challenge to you. Are we doing this before scores here? We are, we are. And then I'll get your score after. All right. Um, Yeah, my closing connection, it's not really, I don't even think it's about teaching. It's more just, like you said, a theme. I thought that one thing this did do a good job of showing is like just how different people react to fear. Um, Because we see uh, Henry like the bully when he is afraid, like he just gets angry. 
Mm-hmm. Um, like he doesn't know how to deal with that fear. And then like the kids, like they, they experience the fear and like, they're legitimately afraid and scared. Um, but like after that, they're okay with it. Like you see some of those kids, like they deal with fear and like, yeah, they just get angry when they're uncomfortable. They're just angry and they're out of place and they don't know what to do. So they just get more angry. Uh, so I thought that this did do a good job of showing that it didn't like focus on like the bullies too much, but when it did, I did think that it did show a good job of like, yeah, just how people react to being afraid and really just being uncomfortable and not in a situation they want to be put in. Like some people just don't know how to handle that. They don't know what to do about it. I like that. I like that. That's good. Yeah. I think fear can be a topic derived in any horror movie. And I think you nailed it. Yeah. Like we react differently in fearful situations, all of us. I think that's part of our, just like, I think we've talked about nature versus nurture on a lot of these episodes, just like the way that people are brought up because like Henry obviously has a bad home life and he kills his dad for goodness sakes. It's definitely not good. Terrible scene too. Just tragic. Um, But yeah, and then on the other hand, like the group of boys, like they band together in midst of fear. They do have like tribulations where they doubt each other and things like that. But at the end, they stick together because it's what they've known for so many years. And that ultimately leads them to a like pseudo victory because we know that it is coming back. Um, Cool. My connection is... I just thought of this, the power of research without Ben's research, they wouldn't have been able to do any of this. So when you're thinking, man, I don't want to do research, um, think about fat boy, Ben, and I call him fat. Boy <laughs> because that was me back in the day. Um, think about fat boy, Ben, and <laughs> the ability of him to research because he is ultimately the one who gets answers, who allows them to really understand the intricacies of what is going on with Pennywise and why these things are happening. And that's all because of his research. So do your research, kids, do your research. And uh, be curious about things. I feel like that's the other thing. He, he was curious about something like, uh, yeah, you got to be curious about something to learn new things. You got to want to learn new things. So yeah, fat boy Ben did look at him go. <laughs> love it love it yeah great piggyback there great piggyback i already looked at your score because i peeked on your uh spreadsheet but what's your score for ttf nation well it's a 63 but now i'm interested in what you thought about it when you looked at it did you think it was too harsh you were upset with my 63 well i know i went into it knowing that you don't like horror movies Um, But I wanted to like this one. I really did. I wanted to like it. I think you are pick. I will be honest. I think you're pulling at straws, trying to find things you don't like. I think your take on the lighting is absolutely absurd. Um, I think you're wrong. I couldn't couldn't do anything about it. I just, I was watching it. That was the first thing I thought of first 15, 20 minutes in. I was like, Oh, I just don't like it. Don't like how it looks, but I said it looked better by the end. Well, you know what? defensive i don't need to defend myself okay okay you don't. yeah you don't you i'm throwing rocks at you right now you just take it um uh, i'm eating them i'm just gonna <laughs> eat them now i think you went into it with a closed mind 
No, no, I will be defensive about that. No. <laughs> I stand by that. Um, 63, I mean, I wasn't expecting anything relatively or remotely high from your end. I do think a 63 is a little low. I will say that. Um, I gave it a 77. Okay. And I give it a 77 because like when you think about like the five key story beats, like it does those, it hits those well, like it cinematically isn't like stunning by any means. Um, like everything feels very average to me. And when I think of things that are like average, I think of like 75%, like 70 to 75%. I will say, this is a little film talky term. Dutch angles. You know what Dutch angles yeah. are? A lot yeah. of Dutch angles in this movie, which if any film has a Dutch angle at any point in it, it's it gets a few points bumped up because I just love them. For those who don't know, a Dutch angle is basically like when you see um, in a film, like you see the frame being as a um, totally upright horizontal square the dutch angle then if you just imagine the camera guy just i have my tech deck in hand um you just imagine the camera guy like just kind of tilting the camera a little bit not a whole bunch but just making it tilted to like signify like danger or something is off um spike lee is like the maestro of dutch angles i feel like um this was a uh... There was a great one of Beverly, like looking up at her and it's low angle and it's Dutch angle turned. That was really cool. Yeah. The first one that I really noticed was um, it's the one where Stanley, the the Jewish boy is in. He's like walking out of some room and then he goes into another room and it's it's again, lower frame or lower angled shot, but it's also a Dutch angle and then it's tilted. And then he realizes that the picture on the wall was tilted. And then as he goes to straighten the picture, it goes into regular frame. Um, that picture then is the one that sort of haunts him for the rest of the film. I thought that was really cool. I love Dutch angles. I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker. Um, but that was great. I think I would give it a 75 if it weren't for the Dutch angles. Pennywise killed it. Um, it's a 77. And have you looked at the Rotten Tomato scores for this? No, I haven't. Take a guess. Let's start with the critics. What do you think your guess is? Critic will go. I need to. I need to do some more. Like uh, some more. Uh, what's that word? I don't know. I need to look at more scores so I know what a critic would give us. I'm gonna guess a critic gave it. Uh, I'm gonna go seventy-two. Wrong. I'm surprised by this, actually. Critics, 86. No way. Yeah, wow. isn't that wild? I'm a hater, man. I'm a hater. You are a hater. I th they probably thought the lighting was stellar. <laughs> was, the, was the audience score higher? Um. Well, let's have you guess. In 86, we'll go in 92. Mm, 84 no way yeah i would not expect many horror movies that the audience score is less than the critic score but what do i know 
Do you think it's partly because it's from a Stephen King novel and Stephen King is like the goat of horror writing? Um, yeah, maybe that gives it some extra points, but, um, I don't know. That makes, uh, or maybe it takes, I, I have no idea. I have no idea. Because I think like, I think it's like for a horror film, like it does everything that it needs to. I feel like, yeah, like for a film to be like a 90 or above or like even in the eighties, like there's gotta be some like social commentary there. And like, we touched on it a little bit with the fear and then like research and curiosity, but I think we're, we're pulling at straws there a little bit. Um, It's an enjoyable horror film movie. A 77 isn't a bad score. A 63 is a bad score. You're a hater, close-minded. But yeah, that's that. (laughs) You're making me want to pick a horror movie now. Just just to show you what a real horror movie looks like. Hey, I know, baby. Ask Stanley (laughs) Kubrick and The Shining. That is how you do it. Yeah. And again, there's a real Stephen King adaptation. Thank you very much. Thank you for backing up what I wanted to say. Yeah, that's a genuine scare. Genuine scare. And there's a lot of social commentary there talking about like the downfall of your sanity and things like that. And like isolation. Right. Psychological stuff going yeah. on there. Yeah. What are we watching next week? Next week, we're going to watch a movie called Pardon this interruption from your podcast viewing of Teachers Talk Film. Ladies and gentlemen, X-Ray yet again has chosen a movie that is not on any streaming sites. So, we're making an audible. We discussed this after recording this episode of It. So, next week, we are going to be reviewing the new Thor, Love, and Thunder. That will be the next episode coming out next Friday. So, stay tuned for that. Um... You have anything else for the people, Mr. X-Ray? Nothing else. Keep enjoying your summer, man. And listeners. We're getting to the point where we're like, I would say we're like halfway through summer. Back half goes quick. So you got to just take it in day by day. It's already the 4th of July as we're recording this episode. Um, Sooner than later, we're going to be back in that classroom. Um, But just enjoy the time while you have it because... Like red balloons, it doesn't last forever. (laughs) I'm done. I'm done. I'm out of here. (laughs) No comment on that. (laughs) All righty. TTF Nation, until next time, stay up to date on things. Do some research along with your homework. Be the best you you can be. And peace out. Peace out. Peace out.